0: Hello oh, and welcome to Tech Talks Milana Season 3, Episode 9. Our guest today is Paulina. Join us for an inspiring episode as we sit down with Paulina, a true trailblazer in the world of product engineering and a veteran of the industry. With over 20 years of experience, Paulina has had a remarkable journey, having worked for her own brands like Disney. ABC, ESPN, and Rosetta Stone, leaving an undeniable mark on the take landscape.
1: And uh, in the beginning of 2020, uh, I did see myself as continuing to climb that ladder. I I, um, had just been recruited to, like I said, be director of software engineering. And I debated whether to take that job because I was reasonably happy at Disney. Like I wasn't loving the culture, but, um, it was a good job i was doing really well i had a great team that i was leading and when they recruited me one of the things that really spoke to me is when he said oh the vice. as we explore polina's
0: incredible journey her passion for promoting diversity and empowerment in the tech industry and the exciting work she's doing with to the she power don't miss this opportunity to be inspired by a true champion for so change and also share with your friends right in my hair it has some highlights purple highlights and then I have a very beautiful dotted shirt today is it a shirt or blouse blouse <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then I'm wearing my headphones for the visuals how about you um I do love that I thought it was a dress I love that top it's very very cute um, I'm very plain today. I just have a black sweater. Just pop that thing on Monday morning. Um, and I am wearing my hair natural right now, which, which means it's like very curly. And I'm experimenting with different ways to be natural with my hair. And um, I have my glasses on, which I use for computers and, you know, any anytime I'm on the computer. Lovely. I love that. I just want to say you look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I am I am trying to embrace my my natural locks. It's amazing.
0: You know. Now, Paulina, <laughs> do you mind introducing yourself and telling your our audience who you are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Paulina. Um my my pronouns are she, her. And um I've had quite a non-traditional journey in tech. Uh, So right now uh, I am the founder and executive director of To The She Power, which focuses on providing women with tools, inspiration, and connection to really design their own lives. And uh, I got here through, again, a non-traditional path in tech. Um, My degree is actually in political science, which has nothing to do with any of the jobs I've done in my life. Uh, But after that, you know, I kind of just wanted to have an adventure in life and was doing this and that and some, some crazy adventures I had. And then, you know, this is, I'm dating myself, but this is back in 1998, all of a sudden this whoa, what is this internet thing? What are these? What's happening? And so I was very curious. And actually it was maybe a couple of years before that, but in 1998 was when I got my first uh, tech job. And to lead up to that, I had just taken some HTML courses, um, just was really curious about what was going on and later really found such a passion in building things and, and enjoying solving problems so much. Um, so yeah, so I applied for this job. It was listed for abcnews.com. So, uh, you know, I was already being a political science uh, student. I was so interested in the news and always watched their network and here it was, they were hiring for an associate technical producer. So it seemed that, um, just by chance, I had exactly the skills they were looking for, which was Basic technical skills, but also they wanted someone who had a kind of a customer service uh, type of background. Because actually, what I was doing was helping producers at ABC News with their online presence. So they had a website; they had we had a CMS that was built in house, and I was helping them. You know, when they were trying to create like a bio for Barbara Walters or something like that, and they would get stuck and I would help them and then I would build widgets and things that they asked for. So that was a super fun job. Uh, It was a private company owned by Paul Allen and we, just had such a great time we had no deadlines no budget no we just were winging it and it was super fun uh but uh, he had a deal with Disney where Disney could purchase the company and Disney is an owner of, of ABC News and ABC ESPN you know all of these Disney's the umbrella and so they decided to purchase the rest of their other share of this company called Star Wave and then we became Disney employees overnight and uh um, yeah, and so it was just the start of things for me because I showed so much technical aptitude. I had great managers who would say, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try this? And next thing you know, I was a, like a Java developer and um, and that's what I did for quite a few years, uh, building a lot of a lot of platforms for Disney shared platforms uh, on various teams. And then, um, yeah, later I went into leadership. Uh, leadership roles and led teams, led projects, um, and so on. And uh, then after I left Disney, after more than 20 years, uh, I went to work for Rosetta Stone, which, and that was my last corporate job. Uh, And I was, you know, without a technical degree, I was a director of software engineering there, and I ran their entire platform team. And uh, yeah, so it was it was an exciting ride. And then the moment came where I just knew because of my involvement with women in tech and uh, employee resource groups, I knew that my passion was starting to drift from technical delivery towards enabling more people to kind of have the experience I had where I was able to to really live the now live the life that I really want to have because of all these jobs and experiences I've had and so yeah so that's when I left the corporate career and started to the she power I just want to say that's an amazing career 20 plus
0: years can you talk to us a bit about just working for Disney and ABC how was that
1: like because those are pretty big companies yeah um well you know it really varied and it's interesting because I do so much mentorship now and so I talk a lot to my mentees about you know what it takes to create a really high performing team with the right kind of culture and in my experience things changed so much with the leaders that came on board and the leaders in and what they tried to create right so i had teams where I just felt incredibly empowered. I had autonomy. Um, I had a manager who was helping grow me and it felt creative. And then I had teams where You know how it is when you have that type of manager where you don't feel engaged, you don't feel heard, you feel that you're not focusing on the right things. And yeah, so, you know, it really, really varied with the leaders that we had. And um, funny enough, on Saturday, I was at a wedding reception for a guy who was uh, our vice president of engineering for a big period of time. And he oversaw, I mean, we mostly worked on platforms that were shared across all of the Disney properties, like Disney streaming uses the, the platform that I built to log in and, and then, you know, uh, ESPN fantasy games and all of these booking of vacation, all of them use those shared platforms that we worked on. And I was just reflecting on how much when he joined, how he changed the culture and just what it means to for developers to really be engaged, right? Like he understood that you come in and you create things like hackathons and you allow people to move between teams so they can try out new angles on on what the company is doing or new teams and learn new skills and how much all those things can just He single-handedly just made such a shift in this culture and people were excited, they were engaged, they were building new things. He had new ways to recognize people. And I think that that's what it is. I think it's, to me, Mm -hmm. it's less about the company and more about the culture that your leadership creates. And yeah, to me, it's everything, right?
0: I I mean, I like that point because most of the time when I meet software engineers, all of them just want to work for big companies like Amazon, Google, Uh but don't think about what other companies can really bring. Uh And that also is a good point because I remember talking to someone earlier today about them working for GovTech and she was just telling me how GovTech is really cool because you have work-life balance, but not so many people think of even applying to such jobs because they're like, I want to work for Google or I want to work for Amazon. Uh So thank you so much for sharing that and something yeah. else i've also noticed is that startups are also very nice when you work for them especially i mean they don't give you a very good work life balance but you learn a lot as compared to just uh-huh. going to big companies so wow tell us more about what she power is doing because i'm really interested in this and i know our audience will be listen will be interested in this too. um
1: yeah uh, yeah and 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 to your previous point i do think that there's a big difference uh, between sort of like the the sexy names, right? All the fan yeah. companies and 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 that and and there is obviously something because even when I would tell people, oh, like I work for Disney and the number of times I was on a plane or something that people were like, I love Disney. And they would tell me their family stories or like these really heartwarming stories. So there's definitely something to wanting to be able to tell people. I work at Google, obviously, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. would be, uh, but that's not the same as being satisfied in your job. And it's not the same as really growing in your job. And those are really huge things that, Mm -hmm. again, as I mentored that I always talk about because it's, that's really the key of, Um, continue to evolve and being, being satisfied day to day. We spend a lot of time at work. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I started to the She Power. It's been about a year and a half. And, and to be honest, we've really just been trying to, you know, figure out like, what do I want to do? Right. So, so my, my vision is really around um, Mm -hmm. it's really around building a matrix of women who lift each other up. Yeah. And then that together, I feel we have the power to build the next inspired world. And so that's that's what, but, you know, so I'm doing mentorship, I'm doing coaching, I'm doing some classes, I'm creating some content, but mm-hmm. none of it really felt like it was yeah. that, right? Like it didn't feel, mm-hmm. how how am I building this network that's empowering each other? And how do we reach that level of impact where we really have the potential to build the next inspired world? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I am actually thrilled because just in the last week I finally mm-hmm. know what we're going to focus on and it's Ooh. very it's very new so mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because nice. you know we're just in the last week I'm entering full-on startup mode now because mm-hmm. I I know what I want to build I, ha- I have this vision and yes. um, so yeah but I'll definitely be rolling out first to the WTM Ambassadors community because I feel first, you know, that it's such a, such a supportive community and we're all yeah. really pulling for each other. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, you're also all my target demographics. So I think it's going to be amazing. And I hope to have mm-hmm. lots of ambassadors get involved and provide feedback, maybe be part of the beta group and mm-hmm. uh, ultimately use my product.
0: That's amazing. I mean, I like the fact that you're already now narrowed down to what exactly you want to do, because when you started by mentioning, you're like, I still don't know what I want to do. But now I saw this spark when you mentioned you already know what you want to do. And I'm super excited for you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, thank you. and you're right. I'll be here to cheerlead for you too, because that's what we
1: Women Take Makers Ambassador do. No. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really, I really do. I've only been, you've been part of this community longer. For me, it's only been mm-hmm. a couple of months. And I'm just amazed by how much mm-hmm. there's true community feel and how much yeah. everyone really cares about everyone else's success. That is true. Now,
0: I have a question for you. What motivated you to leave your corporate career? In, co- corporate career, because I mean, when you think about it, many people want to go up the ladder and one day maybe become the CEO of maybe Disney. Yeah. So, what made you want to leave your corporate career? And now, actually, you're almost a founder. You're founding your own company now, as you speak. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think if you ask me in, uh, in the beginning of 2020, uh, I did see myself as continuing to climb that ladder. I, uh, I um, had just been recruited to, like I said, be director of software engineering. And I debated whether to take that job because I was reasonably happy at Disney. Like I wasn't loving the culture, but... Um, it was a good job. I was doing really well. I had a great team that I was leading. And when they recruited me, one of the things that really spoke to me is when he said, oh, the vice president of engineering, he said, and I'll be grooming you to take my job. And when I move up. And so very much I had, I had that in mind and also, you know, obviously like the money was really good. And, um, so So many things changed, like for so many of us, so many things changed during the pandemic, right? Like in a way, it wasn't just the circumstances, it was just a different clarity also. Uh, I... So what happened was that the guy who recruited me, because I was very clear at that point that I wanted a certain kind of culture and a certain kind of team, and the guy who recruited me ended up getting pushed out. And then he was replaced by someone who I would have never joined Mm -hmm. his team, right? It was very clear from the beginning Mm -hmm. what he was like. And he was not somebody that I felt like I wanted to learn from or really even be part of anything that he was building. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of a uh, joining this new company and then, bam, the pandemic hit. And I was, you know, trying to build relationships in mm-hmm. this new role. I was having maybe, you know, 20 one-on-ones a week, like this constant Mm -hmm. relationship building and trying to understand people and help my team. And, you know, people were really struggling and really being the kind of leader I want to be was really trying to be there for them. And it was incredibly draining. Uh, Yet when you feel, you know, you could be in that, but when you feel like you're doing something and it's the right thing, then you keep going. And I, so I kept going and then I came to see really that with this change in leadership where I just, you know, I, I wasn't getting the same thing from him that I was giving to my own team. And, you know, even in senior leadership, you're still a person, you still need someone to be working with you and that like that. And then the final thing was that they were, it turned out they were selling the company. So all of the, um, initiatives that I proposed to improve their platform weren't being approved and I couldn't understand why. And I think ultimately it was because they didn't want to invest any money because they were right in the negotiation phases of selling the company. So ultimately the moment came where I felt, you know, I'm I'm working with the wrong people. I don't want to give my energy and be that drained yeah. to For this, you know, for these people that I felt like weren't doing the right thing, weren't treating their teams right. Um, And, you know, other women left who reported to this guy. I mean, he was a real, you know, bro and um, just tons of these unconscious bias things. So, so that was really the catalyst. Like I had to be that miserable to rethink what I had been working towards. And then there was a lot of guilt because, you know, I have been, I mentioned, I started the women in tech chapter in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, and at Se- in Disney. Uh, and so I ran these groups and it was all about programming for women and building connection and putting on events and I was doing this so much and I loved it so much and then you know knowing that Mm -hmm. um, I was leaving you know we were always saying we need more role models and higher levels of leadership and then here I was saying that I was going to walk away so I really that was maybe the hardest part was feeling like Mm -hmm. maybe I was letting down other women by removing myself as a you know potential something for at that level for mm-hmm. women who are striving towards that. And then at the same time, I was still so committed to all the things that are needed for all of us in tech for, for women and the different ways we really need this to work, uh, that I felt, you know, I can do this from the outside. And so I have to just recommit to this mission and focus on that full-time. Wow.
0: I had so many mixed feeling and reactions and i and I just want to thank you for being vulnerable with us. Because when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, you're so right. When many of us want to go up there, we meet that blocker, and I'm so sad that that blocker really did make you leave. But I'm happy on the other side that you're now creating a platform mm-hmm. where we can definitely have more women being fed that those supports. And you mentioned something mm-hmm. something also very important. You mentioned that you noticed where the problem was and mm-hmm. i can tell i mean i'm not in your shoes but i've been in similar situation where it's so hard to work with some people but you can't do anything mm-hmm. and i applaud you for leaving because not many people leave because it's very hard because if you leave tomorrow are you going to be homeless what are you going to survive on so it takes a lot of courage for people to decide i'm done i'm walking away from this mm-hmm. so i'm just going to be here rooting for you on what you're doing and all your plans yeah. And yeah. yes, we need more women up there so that it doesn't get that hard. Because can you imagine if we had women in those positions? Yes. We're not saying we need to, to overtake the world with the women everywhere. No, but we just need yeah. allies and people that understand yes. that it's okay to have women up here too. Because exactly. all these companies, when you look at them, you
1: will just see, oh, uh, okay, exactly. and then uh. Uh, the higher uh, you go, uh, uh, it's like nothing, right? Like it just nothing. all of a sudden it's you just hit the wall. And it's because of people like this manager who, I mean, yeah. was saying to me, Oh, you're not acting like a leader. And it's you know, it's that kind of like vague feedback that women get. I mean, what he really meant is that I wasn't like him, right? Like that I wasn't that I wasn't just this like kind of you know, ball buster, like do this or else, you know, which is how he ran things. But he had no idea. I mean, that doesn't work with uh, product engineering. Product engineering is creative people. You you don't you don't put the, you know, threaten them to be doing more work. So. So, yeah, I think having even, you know, even if I'm I'm also not saying it should only be women, but it should be people who understand that leadership looks different ways that you know, empathy and being a human being is Mm -hmm. a part of being a leader leader. and that actually creating that environment for people to succeed, like they work harder, right? Like that's, that's uh, to me is, 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 is is the ultimate goal, right? You can, you can justify it from the, it's the right thing to do, but you can also say, because there've been hundreds of studies that, Mm -hmm. you know, more diverse teams and uh, and women led teams actually outperform mm-hmm. from a business perspective. So all of that. and, um, and yeah, and I you know, I want to acknowledge also one more thing that you said because i I, you know, I know that I'm incredibly privileged to have been able to say that, you know, like this doesn't align with my values and I can walk away because you're right. I mean, many, many people are not in that position and that's Mm -hmm. what makes me even more angry for them. Right. So I feel so privileged that I am in the position where I could say, you know what, I'm going to, I have ways to continue to support myself uh, while I figure this out. And, you know, I, I'm a single mom and just really figuring out what is the, how I'm gonna make this work and still be aligned with my own values, but still, you know, it really is a privilege. And again, it just makes me more angry to think about the women who don't have that capability and they have to stay in in bad situations, situations where they aren't appreciated, yeah. where they have to prove each other or prove themselves over and over and over again. Right? Like th- those kinds of things that happen every day. Still, it's pretty tough. Yeah, that's a very yeah. good point.
0: And Thank you so much for summing, that, for summing up that for us. And I feel like also the word you said that was very important was empathy. I feel mm-hmm. like many leaders like that. And I don't know where this notion of you don't need empathy as a leader came from. Mm-hmm. Because I've mm-hmm. tried to look at the leadership like I've, I've been studying or just trying to look into it, just doing research. And I realized many and I have nothing against men. I mean, I'm married myself. I, I uh-huh. have boys. But I looked into the leadership, and I noticed that many men don't even have MBAs. Uh-huh. But for many women, for some reason, it's conceived. I mean, it's a, pers- it's perceived if you don't have an MBA, you can even you cannot even get somewhere up there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where did that come from? Like, yes, men having MBAs to be up there. No. Yeah. But most yeah. of the women that I've seen, like the majority, have mm-hmm. MBAs.
1: Yeah, and because there's there's actually you know there's all these studies, and this is why it's stunning to me that mm-hmm. they aren't broadly followed. But what they say is that men get hired for their potential, but women get hired when they've already demonstrated doing the work right. So so there's less of a belief. Uh, somewhere here, like when, when they look at a woman, they're less likely to really see the potential she has. And they're saying, well, have you already done that? And I, I mean, I've had this happen to me, I feel probably most women have, and I for sure had, you know, I had applied for this job. And they were like, well, you haven't done consulting before. It's, And then, but, you know, and my answer was like, that's true, but what skills do you feel I haven't exhibited or I haven't exercised as a director of a soft, you know, a highly placed Giant distributed team with huge responsibilities, uh relationship building, all those things that you think I would not be able to apply to mm-hmm. learning something new. And 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 literally the person, this is so ironic. The person who was interviewing me said, Yeah, I told, I told the group, like you hired me and I had no consulting experience. And I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't see it, like you don't see it literally. Everyone who interviewed me was a middle-aged white guy, and it was yeah. like we all believed that they had the capabilities, but somehow they didn't believe that I did. So wow.
0: There's so many barriers that we have to skip to mm-hmm. just be in leadership position. You know That's what? True. I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll be there to cheer it for you so that because we need more of us up there, because otherwise it becomes hard. And and you're so right, I like the way this conversation. Like steered towards. Because I think about it when I was also working in software, even getting promoted from engineer one to engineer two, because that's Mm -hmm. how an engineer and you go engineer one to engineer two, engineer three. It's hard. You're like, oh, uh, uh-huh. what exactly do you need? And then I'm like, oh, this person needs to, this person has already 10 years. They have a mentor. My entire team doesn't have people that I can mentor because most of them are doing what they're doing. So what exactly do you
1: want me to do? And uh-huh. I've been doing the yeah. work. So wow. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's true because it's yeah, it's not again the point of promotion, performance reviews, those are all inflection points where. Yeah. Women are not winning, right? Still, uh, because many, many studies, right? And and one of the things is that you know it's even more difficult when you're a woman of color. Like that's an even more challenging landscape Mm -hmm. because of you know, if they don't see any of us women as capable, there's even more, the cards are even more stacked against you when you're a woman of color, which I I think it's just so amazing. Everything that you've achieved, I'm sure you've really had to fight for, for, you know, for everything
0: yourself. (laughs) It's, you're right. You have to prove yourself 10 times. And Mm -hmm. when I started my company, I'm I'm now starting to learn about even funding, how funding goes. And I a few yeah. last questions before you go. I want to ask you, what would you tell your younger
1: self? Because this is not something I want to hear. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty excited okay. for this. Or oh, what um, would you
1: do different? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are so many things I would tell my younger self. I I literally have feel like I've learned everything the hard way (laughs) that's just also my personality that I kind of you know like grind it out instead of instead of really uh leveraging things I have and so honestly when I mentor now I tell everybody you know don't be don't be afraid to ask for help like it doesn't make you weak it doesn't um it doesn't mean you're incompetent so I think for me I I would go back and I would tell myself that Mm -hmm. a just working hard isn't gonna get you anywhere which is crazy but it's true you have to build your visibility you have to Mm -hmm. you know kind of to your horn and and build relationships and meet people and tell them what you're doing and find allies and and find mentors and ask for their help so all of those things I was not doing I was just sitting their heads down because for sure you know I had the worst kind of uh imposter syndrome without I had nothing but maybe two or three community college courses under my belt no degree Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have you know no MBA none of that and I was surrounded by people who had a lot more education and I felt really Mm -hmm. like oh if I asked them for help they would just say what you don't know this already or what's wrong with you or or something so I would just sit there and just pound my head against the wall until I figured it out myself and again i every mentoring session, I talk to, mm-hmm. you know, young women who are doing these jobs, like, don't do that, don't do what I did, you know, don't mm-hmm. do I do, uh, do your due diligence, but also mm-hmm. ask for help, you know, do yeah. get some mentorship, ask people how you could do this or that better, or what works better in your company, and always be building relationships. That's, Huge. It took me so many years to figure that out. And then it was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I
0: love I love that you mentioned about being able to ask questions because some of the mm-hmm. things that I actually struggled with was asking questions. Mm-hmm. I was that person that asked questions, but it got mm-hmm. me to trouble. So <laughs> it's yeah, I know it's it's unbelievable because that's what I thought, and that's what I kept hearing from people. Like, ask questions, ask questions. And then uh-huh. that's what I did. It got me in trouble, and I sit back and think about I mean I'm not saying it's not a good thing it is a good thing ask questions because each and every culture is different because what I learned to me is that the culture is what really matters Uh because when I asked questions in my review the review that I first got was hey she asks a lot of questions And here in my yeah. mind, I was thinking, <laughs> exactly. And I was like thinking, wait a minute. I thought this was a good thing. I'm trying to work with my colleagues. I mean, am I not supposed, because this was a new thing to me. I yeah. never worked with it before. And I had more questions because I I mean, it's not easy. I mean, are you expected to, for me to understand just in one day? But that got me into trouble. And then I realized it was the culture that I was in that was not correct. So I had to find another place. And then in that other place, then asking questions was welcomed. So you're right. It's okay to ask questions, but also kind of like, what is it called? Like, just measure your your culture. It's also very hard Mm -hmm. to know the culture you get into when Mm -hmm. you apply for a job because you've not worked with the people yet. So it's a very tough situation, but you're right about them. Absolutely creating those networks because once you create a network and you get a job through a network that's mm-hmm. very different because you find a like no okay so these people they react this way they operate this yeah. way and then you start building that community around you because to mm-hmm. me the community is the only thing that rescued me from sinking in my software engineering career otherwise I yeah. would have been right now yeah. I don't think I think what, what would I be doing let me see I
1: don't know what <laughs> I'll <would> be doing
0: <laughs> Yeah, who knows right like the
1: path that you didn't follow but but yeah, I mean to your point like I do believe that culture is everything. It's mm-hmm. really and and that's why you know the studies that I mentioned that say, you know, more diverse teams, women-led teams, they outperform. The reason they outperform mm-hmm. is because they tend to create more of these kinds of cultures, right? Mm-hmm. If you have just natural diversity or an empathetic leader on the team, Uh, then you create a culture where people feel safe asking questions, people feel safe bringing up ideas People feel safe being able to make a mistake and learn from their mistake. And we know that all those things are what creates innovation, right? So really to be innovative and be successful, your people have to bring what they've got. Cause if they feel uncomfortable, they can't bring up their idea. They can't, you know, they can't say like, well, I messed up but I learned something from this and now I'm going to do it differently. If you don't have that kind of safety to, to do that, then you're not going to be able to innovate. It's period. It's you're just going to stack. Over time. Yeah. Thank you so much for being part
0: of Tech Talks with Madonna. And <laughs> it was such an honor talking to you today.